Hello and welcome to the Nutrition Commander podcast. This is going to be episode five. And if you're new, welcome. My name is Abby Green and I'm going to be your host today. And we're going to discuss one of my favorite topics. And it was actually one of my inspirations for starting the podcast, which is natural remedies and herbal medicine. And I've always been fascinated with natural remedies. Um, it's also called naturopathic medicine. And just a quick definition is natural remedies are substances of claimed medical value derived from plants and other natural resources. And they've been used by humans since the beginning of time, and they've co-evolved to be able to adapt to um, our many environmental stressors. So plants and herbs are important because they create these things called phytochemicals, and it's going to make them strong and healthy. So when we consume the phytochemicals, They circle through our bloodstream, and they're going to give us the benefits just like plants do. So many prescriptions and over-the-counter medicines uh, are also made from plant products, and this is why. So let's take a brief look at some of the herbs that we can benefit from to make sure that we get enough of these beneficial phytochemicals. Okay, so we're going to get into our list of natural remedies, but feel free to pause the video and go back if you guys want to, you know, write the one down that um, resonates with you guys. But our first one is going to be turmeric, and it is a very colorful orangey-yellow spice that's used a lot in India, China, and Southeast Asia. So turmeric supports the liver and nerves, and it offers potent antioxidant and anti-inflammatory qualities. It also contains a chemical called curcumin, which can reduce swelling. So people usually use turmeric for osteoarthritis, and it's also commonly used for hay fever, depression, high cholesterol, and itching. Okay, so two plants that have also been used as a natural remedy are gotacola and rhodiola rosea. And gotacola is known as a brain and nervous system toxin, or tonic, not toxin, because it revitalizes the brain and it's going to help induce a healthy mood. So it bolsters cellular health and offers immune and antioxidant support. So rhodiola is a yellow flowering plant and it's been used for centuries and it has a very good track record to promoting healing, stress relief, and just overall an increased sense of well-being. And clinical studies involving fruit flies, worms, and yeast have shown that rhodiola can also have some anti-aging and longevity-promoting characteristics and also anti-stress effects. Um, So it's able to counter cortisol, which is the stress hormone. And then for beverages, green tea and tea blends that contain green tea have also been shown to prevent certain cancers. Um... But most commonly, it can help lower cholesterol and aid even in weight loss. And you can really find green tea anywhere, and a good place to—it's a good place to start when you're considering natural remedies. Okay, so another one that we have on our list is Saint John's Wort, and it's another natural remedy used in herbal medicine. And it's been studied for mood-boosting properties to help those with mild to moderate depression. So St. John's wort is a flowering plant whose flowers and leaves contain active phytochemicals, and it has been shown to increase the clearance of steroids such as cortisol um, and other substances. So studies have shown that St. John's wort reacts with our brain's chemicals and especially serotonin, dopamine, and GIBA. 
So it's acting by helping to keep these important neurotransmitters from um, getting used up by the body. And as a result, these neurotransmitters are going to be more effectively used um, in the brain. Some research has also shown that this natural supplement has the effect to um, be a potential antidepressant. And studies have shown that patients who were treated with um, St. John's wort for depression actually had a better chance of continuing it rather than antidepressant drugs uh, just because of their harsh side effects. Uh, it also has antibacterial properties that help fight inflammation as well. But it should be noted that before you use any herbs um, that could help your body in these ways, um, it's really important to talk to your doctor first just to know that it's right for you. But finally, we're going to talk about um, some other natural supplements that can help us be healthy during the flu and cold season, which it's just starting to be that. It's almost winter. Um, so it is a really good idea to, um, put some of these natural remedies into your diet. But echinacea is one of the most popular herbs worldwide, and it's so popular because it's rich in antioxidants, and it may also help support our immune system against illness. So some of these antioxidants are flavonoids, um, and rosmarinic acid, and echinacea, which refers to several different types of daisy plants, contain a large variety of active compounds, and these active compounds will help all or all help support a healthy immune system. So in addition to the echinacea plants, they also contain chemicals called alkalines, and it further enhances um, its antioxidant activity. One study found that echinacea could reduce the risk of developing an upper respiratory tract infection by 22%. So another herbal supplement um, to help us against cold and flu viruses is elderberry. And multiple studies have indicated that elderberry may inhibit influenza pathogens, which is going to reduce the duration and severity of flu symptoms. So elderberry is packed with vitamins like vitamin A and C, and it contains a variety of antioxidants. It's also been studied um, for its immune-boosting effects due to its bioflavonoid content. Bioflavonoids are antioxidant plant nutrients that may help improve health or prevent disease. Additional research shows that extracts, flower infusions, and elderberry supplements can aid with respiratory health and work as agents fighting the common cold. Another really easy one that you guys probably already cook with is garlic and ginger. And these are two really, really common herbal ingredients that you definitely have at home uh, for cooking. And they are both known for their natural antibacterial characteristics and can effectively help fight colds and flus. So ginger relieves congestion, softening, aching muscles, and it can also soothe a sore throat. Garlic is considered to be an antibiotic with antiviral properties, and it is often recommended for treating flu, and cold symptoms. So although um, a lot of these herbal medicines and natural remedies can help with um, all of these symptoms, um, it's always important, like I said before, that some of these herbal remedies are actually not regulated by the FDA. Even though they have been used by centuries, um, I guess the FDA has not tested to approve them. 
Um, so therefore, just talk to your doctor about using any of these herbal remedies. Okay, so now that we have some knowledge on holistic and natural remedies, the last one I would like to mention is ginseng and two studies that highlight its effectiveness. So ginseng is an herb that is very rich in antioxidants, and it's been used in traditional Chinese medicine for centuries. It's also been called the king of all herbs, nicknamed panix, which means cure to all. So ginseng contains a large number of active ingredients known as ginsenicides, and um, this is what most pharmaceutical and medical studies focus on when there are studies about ginseng. Um, but studies have shown that ginseng extracts could help inhibit inflammation and reduce oxidative damage to our cells, um, which can contribute to chronic disease if it is not reduced. So a popular way to add it into your diet is to drink it as tea or consume it as a dietary supplement. So the ginsenicides can be metabolized by your gut microbiome, allowing for maximum health benefits. And the human gut bacteria can take ginsenicides RB1 and RB2, and they manipulate them into PPD, which is an active acid that has been proven to contain antibacterial and antidepressant properties. So you can find ginseng as a powder or a tablet at health food stores. Um, I've seen it at Sprouts, so that's a good place to start looking. Um, but it can also help brain functions like memory, concentration, and mood. So with this, there's been a lot of research done to show that the ginsenicides could help protect the brain against damage caused by free radicals. Um, it's also been proven to help brain function in people with Alzheimer's disease and um, so overall improving memory and reducing stress. Another characteristic of this wonderful herb is that it possesses antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral properties. So all of this um, can help enhance the function of your immune system, and it's going to keep us healthy. So it's really the remedy for all of your health problems. Um, but because of its known holistic properties, some claim that it could be helped to treat fatigue, which is a symptom of feeling tired, weak, and overworked. Um, Millions of people visit their doctor because of fatigue, and holistic herbs actually might be the answer to their problems. So a research paper was published by the JACM, Journal of Alternative and Complementary Medicine, in 2018, and it consisted of different studies based on ginseng and its possible solution to fatigue. So there was a lot of different studies to navigate. It was honestly a little bit complicated. Um, so I'm just going to highlight some of the main trials. Um, that saw good results because um, some of the trials were a little harder to follow just because there was so much um, information to navigate. But basically, both Asian and American ginseng were included into the study um, just to explore all of the possible differences and health benefits. So the analysis included 12 randomized trials um, with two types of the ginseng for, um, and they experimented it on adults who were experiencing fatigue and not experiencing fatigue, so both of them. Um, but three of the four studies completed in the whole trial were in the United States with one in China, and all of the studies proved to help that it helped fatigue, but the six-month American ginseng trial and the eight-week 200 milligram trial had an outcome that was remarkably better than all the others with a significant improvement in a shorter amount of time. So the 
2,000 milligram of American ginseng was the highest dose given to the participants, and it also showed to be the most effective dosage for the eight-week trial. So overall, the study designs were very controlled, and it made sure to eliminate all kinds of bias. Um, so before, when I was talking about how there was a lot of different studies to navigate, um, it was just making sure that there wasn't any bias in the information that was given. Um but basically, the fatigue patterns were also also easily monitored um, thanks to a watch-like device. So um, volunteers couldn't lie about their symptoms. Um, so they overall just told the truth. But basically, if the volunteers had to look back on their experiment months later, the data would have not have been accurate. So it was good that the volunteers were asserting their data right away um, or else it wouldn't have been as successful as a traditional self-report. So another report on ginseng from MIPD focused on ginseng in anti-diabetic studies. So in 2019, the International Diabetes Federation concluded that 436 million people aged 20 to 79 had type 2 diabetes. So alarmingly, this could increase to 700 million people by 2045. So it is definitely something to think about. Um, but 12 human trials were done about ginseng for diabetes intervention in 2011, and four of the trials looked at the American ginseng root ec- extracts, five studied Asian ginseng, and two studied um, the ginsenicides, um, which is what we talked about before. And one of them tested the eight different molecules from 16 ginseng, so American, American wild, Asian, Asian red, Vietnamese wild, Siberian, Japanese. Um, There was a lot of different types of ginseng in there. (laughs) But throughout the 12 trials, the authors concluded that ginseng could be a great tool to moderate glucose metabolism and insulin production slash secretion. So in the studies, participants with type 2 diabetes ate 5 grams a day of the Korean red ginseng and found that it significantly reduced their blood glucose levels. To be exact, um, 0.3 millimoles per liter of whole blood glucose decreased after the 12-week trial. Um, It could be another thing to think about is that, yes, it did help their blood glucose levels, um, but we also don't know exactly what else they ate that could be lowering their blood glucose levels. For example, if they started eating less processed foods um, and less sugar within their meals, um, they would get less of an insulin spike. But plasma insulin sensitivity was also measured and increased by 33% compared to the only four-week trial of 42 participants eating 2.7 grams a day of fermented Korean red ginseng. So in the four-week trial, insulin resistance seemed to decrease in the participants with type 2 diabetes. And because type 2 diabetes is due to insulin resistance and overdrive, this means that the Korean red ginseng proved to be effective, which is great. Um, So overall, the ginseng eating groups monitored their glucose metabolism and insulin production slash secretion. So to wrap up this episode, we discuss a bunch of different holistic remedies and had diff- that had different properties to aid human health. We also learned about the health benefits of ginsenicides when they are metabolized by your gut microbiome, and we reviewed two studies about ginseng that effectively proved that it is really the king of all herbs. 
So that's it for today's episode. I really hope you guys wrote down a couple herbs to look into or learn more about the importance of natural remedies. So thank you for listening.